One for the money, two for the show, three for my honey, and four to let you know that this is Backtracks, Aerosmith Revisited. My name is Corey Morissette, joined as always by St. John Mariano. How are you doing today, John? Oh, I, I'm, I'm doing about as good as I was doing 20 minutes ago when we first started the show, Corey. Yeah, your energy level has dropped. You know, we did a little uh, dry run uh, when the damn thing wasn't recording, and we had a really great intro to the show, and it's all lost uh, to, to... Oh, no, no, no. I'm, I'm here to spoil everything once again. So okay. for anybody who, who missed the recording the first time because Corey forgot to hit record, <laughs> I spoiled a few things. I'm going to continue to spoil them now. Um, and, and a lot of that is, is for our guest, Heath, who's here. I'm spoiling that first. Yeah. Heath, why don't you introduce yourself, and then I'll continue spoiling stuff. <laughs> All right. Um, I, I'm uh, a huge Aerosmith fan. Um, I wrote the book, Pain and Passion, The History of Stampede Wrestling, which is one of the ways Corey and I first connected, also because I'm a gigantic Van Halen fan. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm happy. I used to be, I, I was a longtime rock journalist as well. So um, yeah, very happy to be on your show. And this is fellow single dad Heath McCoy joining us, and yeah. we're 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 gonna, we're gonna forget Corey Morissette for a minute. <laughs> Heath, Heath, have you have you seen Obi Wan Kenobi? No, I haven't. You know what? I'm uh, I'm st- I haven't watched any of the new TV Star Wars stuff because I, I I loved Star Wars as a kid. Obviously, I love the free movies, and I haven't loved the stuff that has come out recently, the movies, but everyone's telling me like the you have to see the Mandalorian, you have to see Obi Wan. So yeah, I so- should. Let, let me spoil a couple of things for you because I'm going to be a jerk right now. And, and because we were talking spoilers before the show, the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, um, both Obi-Wan Kenobi and Darth Vader live through the whole thing. You prick. I haven't seen the last episode yet. <laughs> I'm only up to episode five. Damn it. You, you were supposed to pipe down, son. Sorry. Sorry. I'll <laughs> shut up now. <laughs> and um, the, the, the other thing I guess I could spoil for you is that Stranger Things comes out um, in two days. I can't wait. Right? Um, so so that, that'll help everybody else kind of date when we're recording this, because they're going to be listening to this probably by 2023. <laughs> we are so far ahead right now, Heath. It's ridiculous. Like, I don't know what what's the last episode that you heard. But the last one that we, we recorded, we just um, put uh, or didn't put I don't miss a thing on, on the mixtape. We we eviscerated. I can't wait for you to hear it. I, I would have liked to be a part of that because I would love to eviscerate that that song. The worst. What were they thinking? Oh. Yeah, I, I don't want to lick your thing was the last show we did. It was episode 34. This is episode 35. There's nowhere to go but up. Uh, and, uh, but Heath, before we get rolling into that, I want to talk about this book a little bit because when we were talking about Van Halen, you said, "Hey, you're a Saskatchewan boy. Did you ever watch Stampede Wrestling? Like Stampede Wrestling was fucking life uh, back for us when we were kids, right? We watched TV man. all the time." Uh, so you said, "Hey, I wrote a book on Stampede Wrestling." So I couldn't find it in Canada. I actually had to go to the UK and order a copy of Pain and Passion: mm-hmm. The History of Stampede Wrestling. What a tremendous read, though. Um, I'm absolutely enjoying the hell out of it. Um, you know, Stu Hart's uh, history and upbringing is just extremely interesting to me I, I can't imagine living on the wild prairies in the middle of minus 40 below weather in a tent isn't it crazy and eating oh my gophers god. and stuff like god <laughs> <laughs> just crazy shit and then when you get into like the dynamite kid chapters and and, and kind of the shit he was pulling off it's, it's unreal stuff like he, it's the stuff of a great novel 
Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, I, 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 as a, as a, as a journalist, actually, I, I, I was working at the Calgary Herald when Owen Hart died. And of course the hearts all live in, in Calgary. And I grew up with stampede wrestling. So I was covering that story. And because I kind of knew the wrestling, I got to know the hearts, some of the hearts pretty well. And uh, yeah, I just thought to myself like this story needs to be told, not just the Owen Hart part, but the entire history of it. Cause it's, it's amazing. It's like, it's, I, I can sit, I think of it like the godfather of, uh, of, of professional wrestling, you know? Well, and for American wrestling fans, like, like my friend John there, he may not realize how many big names came through the territory. Like, of course, the British Bulldogs, uh, all the hearts, um, Junkyard Dog came through there, Jake the Snake, they're, they're a, a bunch of huge names. Uh, came superstar through. Billy Graham, like. Yeah, superstar, forgot about him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, and and down here, um, Stampede Sam, Wrestling was a thing of legend. legend. You, you know, back then we had like, five networks and you know i i had to hunt down even to see wwf you know now 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 called wwe for all the kids out there but <laughs> I, I i had to hunt that down to even even see any of that in my local area here in new york um so so to know or to hear the legends of of the dungeon and Stu Hart and all, all these great things like i can't wait to read your book man like it's it's the top of my summer reading list i appreciate that i hope you like it I will let you know, but I am sure I will because it's um, subject is right up my alley. Yeah. It gives you a little insight too on uh, life on the prairies. And uh, I know Brad Hart <laughs> had singled out, uh, he, he had a ladder match with Dynamite Kid and Regina at the old Agrodome that he counts as one of his favorite matches of all time. Just this insane ladder match that uh, I, I was there for. And it was absolutely- Are you there? I was there. Oh man, I'm envious. That, that thing was never <laughs> even, I don't think there was TVs there, right? Like nobody filmed that. That was, that's lost to the sounds of time. Oh man, I'm so envious. I don't yeah. remember much. I was pretty young, but I remember being there for that night and all that. So I'd never seen a ladder match before. They didn't have them on TV, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll have to share. I've got a photo that somebody took from that night, and they both come back. Uh, you know, they both come backstage back in the dressing room, and they're both full of blood. They're both exhausted. I got to share share with you, man. It's an amazing photo. Oh, absolutely. I would love to see that. But we're not here to talk about wrestling. We're here to talk about rock and roll and. Heath, you mentioned you're a big Van Halen fan. I believe your Twitter ha handle is Van Heath. Is that great? Or Van Heath? Van Heathen, yeah. Van Heathen. And, uh, yeah, 80s era, David Lee Roth is my spirit animal. So, <laughs> Well, we're going to get you on the Van Halen show in a few weeks <laughs> here. But uh, also a big fan of Aerosmith. Maybe tell us a little bit how you got into the band and uh, became, became a fan of, uh, of Aerosmith. Sure. I was, uh, you know, I, I was into that whole 80s hard rock thing. Um, <clears throat> Van Halen was my gateway drug. And I love, well, Kiss was as well. And then I got into Kiss, Motley Crue rats you know the whole bit mm -hmm. and uh nobody if you'll remember that that early 80s phase there aerosmith was on nobody's radar like they were sort of done you know and uh but i heard nikki six talk about the greatness of steven tyler enough times that when i saw a really cheap uh you know cassette of um aerosmith's greatest hits uh, i picked it up and it blew me away i thought it was amazing and then uh and then of course it was only that next summer i think that uh then they became huge again through the, through the run DMC walk this way deal. And, uh, and then they were also the first band that ever played in the, the first arena we got in Saskatoon, Sask place. And I was, I was in the seventh row and it, it blew me away. They're still one of the best bands I've ever seen live. And, and to this day, like I somehow <laughs> missed them for years. Like every show I went to seemed to get canceled for one reason or another. I, like I had tickets to, uh, they were playing old mosaic stadium with ZZ top. And oh, that wow. was, Three shows before that, Steven Tyler fell off a stage in Sturgis and broke his shoulder. Right. So that show, 
he's they've canceled Saskatoon so many times I can't even count that I had tickets for. I finally saw him at, at the Minot State Fair in Minot, North Dakota, not that long ago. Oh and wow! Living Color opened for him, and they still put on a phenomenal show. It was that a great would be a phenomenal bill. Holy! Oh, Living Color killed it. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Joe Perry and uh, and uh, Joey Kramer came out, and they watched the whole Living Color set uh, from backstage. They were on it. They're bopping along. So, um, nice. so uh, you uh, have a very eclectic uh, group of songs that you put on our die here tonight, uh, Heath. Maybe uh, go through uh, the six songs you selected for tonight. Sure. Um, except I don't think I can see them right now. Oh, there they go. Okay, I picked. Uh, I picked uh, Mother Popcorn. I came across this. I initially I jaded on there because that's one of my favorite modern day Aerosmith tunes. But I was listening to that, really discovering that live bootleg album because I hadn't given it a deep dive listen, and I and I was blown away. And I'm a James Brown fan, and Mother Popcorn came on, and I was like, wow. Uh, Last Child, my favorite Aerosmith song, hands down. I love it. Same old song and dance. The the lyrics, the horns. I love it. Walk this way because I'm a greedy bastard, and I thought this will be your most listen, listened to episode, and I, it'd be cool to be a part of that. Adam's Apple because it's so great, and uh, at King, Kings and Queens, which is kind of an interesting song in their catalog. So yeah, so that is a great six, John. Uh, looking at that list, is there anything you're kind of looking forward to tonight? I, I, I mean, low, low key, Kings and Queens is one of my favorite Aerosmith songs. So I would be very like they're all great picks. But if you know, if I, I'm picking one of my kids to be my favorite kid, I'm picking Kings and Queens. Cool. <laughs> there you have it. I know I'm kind of hoping for Last Child uh, after hearing that that's Heath's favorite song. Uh, I'd love I love it. I'd be so glad for that. And also Adam's Apple. I was I was kind of really gave the lyrics a read, and the whole biblical. Uh, like it's like a hoardy's take on the Bible. <laughs> so like <laughs> I'm ready for that one too. So awesome. Before we roll the dice, though, I gotta take care of a little housekeeping here uh, and mention our sponsor, Pop Rock and Radio. Ken Knapsock's Pop Rock and Radio, the big hits, album cuts, and B-sides from the rock and pop world that make up the soundtracks of our lives. Look for live shows and make requests. Sing, dance, and celebrate the music with the Pop Rock and Radio community. John, any news uh, from the Pop Rock and Radio community? Not necessarily even Pop Rock and Radio community, but I, I, I've been talking to Ken a little bit. He's got some things brewing on his end. If you join his Patreon, he's been doing this great um, show um, behind the paywall called, called The Blathering. And it's, you know, whether you want to call it Ken Rants or, or, or the unfiltered thoughts of Ken, um, he, he, he gets a little bit like if you, I don't know if you're a fan of George Carlin at all, but he gets oh. a little, he gets a little political and he gets a little, um, um, you, you know, he takes sides, which he doesn't normally do in front of the payroll, paywall. Yeah. And it's very freeing. And, and, and regardless of where you stand politically or not, it's freeing to hear somebody speak their mind and, and, and get it all out there and not do it in such a way where it's combative or confrontational, but, but do, do it where like, this is what I believe in. This is what I stand for. And to know this is what we should all be doing. Um, you, you know, un, un, unless that is to, you know, say inhibit somebody else's rights, then just um, part of my French was shut the fuck up. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Exactly. I got to check out the bla- the blathering. Uh, I'm behind that paywall, so I'm definitely looking forward to that. But what do you say, boys? Let's roll this dice and see what we're uh, listening to here tonight. Beautiful. All right. Going to give this sucker a shake, and we are going to roll Mother Popcorn. We're going Mother to popcorn. live bootleg. <laughs> awesome. Boy, t- tell us a little bit, uh, Keith, why you put this one uh, on the die here tonight. Well, um, 
like I say, I, I'm doing it. I started doing a deep dive into the uh, uh, Aerosmith live bootleg record. I heard a little bits and pieces before, but this is the first time I ever dug into it. And I'm telling you, like, I, I really think, you know, everyone talks about Kiss from that era, Kiss Alive and, uh, you know, Nugent's Great Gonzos and stuff or uh, Great Gonzos Live, I think it was. And Jay Giles and all these great live bands. Bob Seger's got a great live album, but nobody really talks about Aerosmith's live bootleg. And it's incredible. Like it knocked me out. And I came across, I'm a James Brown fan and I came across mother popcorn and uh, I just couldn't believe the funk and the energy and the adrenaline in that thing. I actually, and I listened to James Brown kind of close by to it. And I actually think at least the studio version, I'm, I'm sure James Brown funked it up live, but if you compare Aerosmith's version to the studio version of the James Brown recording, I actually think Aerosmith maybe bested it, you know, bested James Brown. I mean, it's, it's amazing. So, yeah. It is. Uh, this cut was actually taken from a, a radio broadcast uh, from a Boston performance on March 20th, 1973. Uh, ah. Live bootlegs is a little different as a live album because at that time you mentioned bands like Kiss and stuff, and, and they would take their live stuff and they would doctor it up to make it sound perfect, right? Like, uh, that's yeah. a big controversy with Alive and Alive too. Aerosmith went the other direction. They didn't want to doctor anything. They wanted it to sound like an actual bootleg. Um, so they, they would. Uh, they, Joe Perry even said a couple of the tracks were recorded off air onto a cassette just to get that that kind of hiss on it that you would get from a bootleg at the time because that's oh. what they're going for. The record company hated it. They wanted everything to sound crisp and clean and stuff. And Aerosmith's like, you don't really get the thrill of a bootleg or the concept of the album. So uh, a different. Uh, stance taken by Aerosmith in this one. Uh, John, do you uh, know, have you listened to a lot of live bootleg? Yeah, yeah. I, look, I, I have had Aerosmith in, heavy in my rotation on my mixtapes and just in general since the 90s. So so I'm familiar with it. I'm familiar with the James Brown version. I'm even familiar with the, with the Blues Brothers cover of it. And, and I, I think I think he's right. Like I, I, you know, maybe there's some bias here because I, I love Aerosmith, but I, I do feel like they bested James Brown at least uh, the studio version. I don't know if Brown has a uh, live version. I, I, I would be hesitant to say that they they, they topped him live because James Brown was you know, untouchable live. Right, you know? right. Well, Aerosmith, really, you know, right. Yeah. So, 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 I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing that in a battle of the bands where like on one side of the stadium, you had James Brown playing this and on the other side, you had Aerosmith. I feel like that's a no can lose situation. <laughs> yeah, really? All right. What do you say guys? Should we uh, start spinning mother popcorn? Let's do it. Yeah. Now, I mentioned uh, if you download live bootleg on your iTunes or anything like that, you're going to notice the track listing. Uh, it's 11 minutes and 39 seconds. That's because that's two songs. Uh, they segue from Mother Popcorn into Draw the Line, uh, which was uh, listed on the album, but not listed as an official track. Uh, it's actually tagged on the end of Mother Popcorn. We won't play the, the Draw the Line version of the song. We're going to stop about six minutes in after Mother Popcorn. So if you wonder why you, you bring up Mother Popcorn from Live Bootleg on iTunes and it's 11 and a half minutes, that's why. All right, here we go. <laughs> somebody up on stage now with us Mr. David Woodward gonna blow some sacks I love that Aerosmith has never shied away from horns and, sa and the sax. And uh, it's, yeah, it's so many hard rock bands do, right? But Aerosmith has never. And I love it. I love that about them. 
Oh, me too. We talk about that whenever we bring up a permanent vacation song. It's like there's horns throughout that whole album. Right. The power of power horns, and they sound phenomenal. Uh, and, and and this is Aerosmith really incorporating some funk in, in, in into into their seventies groove. And oh, what what a what a pick, Keith. Like you know, I feel like we've touched on a lot of different styles Aerosmith has done over the years, I, and we haven't touched funk yet. And and you, you know, you, you threw up a really eclectic pair of the dice, which is a nice way of saying like those songs would probably make a terrible mixtape together, but <laughs> also each one gave us something wonderful to talk about. And here we can really focus on, you know, them incorporating sax and, and the funk and the live performance. And there's so much great about to happen. So you're getting a little bit Steven Tyler vocally. Uh, this is 1973. So this is around the time they released their debut. He's got that, he's singing in that different voice, right? It's a little more uh, nasally and not the Steven Tyler uh, singing voice that we're used to. And you're getting a little bit of that in here, aren't you? Do you think, I, I kind of thought, I, I thought this was like quintessential, you know, the way, you know, the kind of inflection he did on when he said, uh, I like him tall or I like, you know, buttered or he had that vocal inflection and he, and he's got that, you can tell he's taking, he's absolutely cribbing from James Brown here too, because he's doing a really uh, funky sort of James Brown version. And he's got that, and he's got that rasp and that screech that I love so much about Tyler. I, I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't hear the nasally stuff as much. I got to say. Well, compared to how he's saying on like Dream On from that original album. Right. To how he's singing here. I, I think it's pretty similar to how he would yeah. be singing that song maybe today. Sure. I love this recording. It sounds like it sounds like you you could have heard this on a on a on a best day of your life if you walked into a blues bar, a jazz bar, and and this was going on. You know, it's got that vibe to it. Well, and it sounds great for 1973 for a radio broadcast from 73. Like it's mixed really well. It sounds really good. And John, man, the band is fucking cooking here, aren't they? It's a great selection in that it really puts the focus on Tom Hamilton, right? Because because they're playing funk, right? Um, we, we usually get a lot of the guitars at the forefront and, you know, we hear the guitars starting to come in now in the song, but the bass and the sax are really at the forefront with Steven's voice. And, and, and because it is, a, it is a funk song at its, at its core. And, and I'm really just appreciating that right now. And Tom Hamilton is freaking killing it right now. 
I'm a drummer and I got to say, Joey Kramer, this is a fine moment for him too. Um, Clive, Clive Stubblefield. And I can't remember Brown had the two drummers. I feel stupid that I don't remember their names right now, the both of them, but those guys, those cats were hard dudes to follow in terms of the funk sound they had. And uh, Kramer's doing it. I, I was going to bring up Joey Kramer too. I'm a, I'm a trying to be a drummer. I'm learning right now. And yeah, him and, and Tom are just right fucking there in the pocket, just yeah. killing this funk groove. And it, Clyde Stubblefield is actually credited uh, on the James Brown recording of, uh, of this song in 1969. So yeah, good call. Sorry, I thought you were waving me down there, Heath. Well, just the stank, the stank on that sax solo. Yes. I mean, it's so great. We usually talk about the uh, the Joe Perry stank that he puts on his solos, but we definitely yeah. got some sax stank on that one, John. Oh. Well, the, the other thing I'm, I'm noticing is, like, Corey, you said this is an 11-minute track because it's the two songs. I don't know about you guys, but this could be an 11-minute jam session, and I would be here for it right now. Yeah, like if, absolutely. If, if they just went off on a tangent and, and kind of did like the way like Zeppelin played live, or even like play a 25-minute track like the, the Grateful Dead, and if it was just stuff like this play, playing into this funk with everybody getting their own solos and stuff, I would be here for it right now. Me too. Me too. I'm just uh, doing some reading here on uh, the lyrical meaning behind Mother Popcorn. And uh, I guess the mother in the song title uh, was uh, Brown's honorific for a big butt. So even way back in 1969, they're, they're singing about gigantic asses. And uh, you know, that's right up Stephen Tyler's alley. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I was going to say as well, just that last little bit. I mean, what a testament to him as a vocalist. Mm -hmm. Like, Wow. It, it's unbelievable. We talked about it. Steven Tyler's got to be, you know, top five easy yeah, vocalist yes. of all time, right? Like, sure. I I kind of need Aerosmith before we die to cut to cover "Baby Got Back" after knowing that fact. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. I love that little tidbit about Mother Popper, and I never knew. Thank you. <laughs> but apparently, James Brown uh, did a bunch of songs based on the popcorn, which was a dance at the time. He had a song called "The Popcorn," "Low Down Popcorn." Uh, let a man come down and do the popcorn. Uh, so he was big into the popcorn, and then the, yeah. the mother is, yeah, uh, in honor of, of big asses. So God bless you, James Brown. Uh, God bless you, James Brown. <laughs> hey, well, you got to have a mother for me. Hey, listen here. See, mm, well, you got to have a mother for me. Hey, see. 
Somebody have a mother for me. Man. See, well, I gotta have a mother for me. Said I gotta have a mother for me. Said I gotta have a mother for me. Said I gotta have a mama saying, gotta have a mama saying, gotta have. Said I gotta have. I said, you gotta have. I said, you gotta there aren't many people in the history of the universe that could do what Steven Tyler is doing here, which is hold even a candle to James Brown. And it's remarkable. It's a remarkable testament to his vo- vocals and, and his, his feeling the music and not just being a technical singer, but singing from his soul. Right. Which is why, you know, we often compare it to your Aerosmith, Pod, uh, your Van Halen podcast, Corey, and you know you have that guy over there who um, loves the Sammy Hagar and the technical <laughs> scenes of Sammy Hagar. Damn you, Mark! And <laughs> I, I, I've got a tag team partner here. We're going to go to some Stampede Wrestling, and I got a tag team partner here that can back me up and say, "I'm pretty sure Diamond Dave could do what Steven's doing here, but I don't think Sammy can handle it." That's a good point. I don't see Sammy really uh, handling this material very well either. Whereas Diamond Dave, I think, can knock it out of the park. Yeah, I think and David Diamond Dave took takes his he takes his cue from the James Browns of the world. Like he he really does. Um, but yeah, I gotta say, like in terms of, I mean, yeah, live. I'm sure James Brown and his band killed this song. But I I was listening to the studio recording and that those screams that Tyler was just delivering, like. That's not on the studio recording. Like he is killing it right here. He's yeah. killing James Brown. I think I hate to say it's sacrilege well, to say, but yeah. Well, well, yeah. I, I, I always will stand by. It's unfair to to compare any live performance. I, I'm a live guy. Like give me the live performance nine times out of ten over the studio thing, because it, you know singers and, and bands bring some an element, you know, and the audience brings an element that yeah. that adds adds to the track. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm not ready to say he tops James Brown, but I just wanted to take a shot at Mark while he's not here <laughs> and, and, and give you an opportunity to warm up Heath because you're, you're when Corey gets you on that show, we'll be going toe to toe with Mark. And I'm looking for some Diamond Dave representation on that show. When I, you got that. it. You got it, man. <laughs> I don't want to be too hard on Mark. I just listened to an episode and he, and he had the yacht rock idea, which was amazing. <laughs> he might do that, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> This is David Woodward's time to shine. No kidding. Right? Like, I'm watching the three of us are just bobbing our heads as he is jamming out right now. Yeah, he's killing it. It's it's incredible what he's doing. I, I always say uh, when I, we talk about rock saxophonist, Bobby Keys, who played with the Stones, is the man for me. Like, he is the most killer sax player, I think, in rock. 
And then I always say Clarence Clemens comes right after, but this I hadn't heard. And this is right up there with the best of Bobby Keys. You know, it's incredible. 100%. Now I was just looking at how many times do you think Aerosmith has played this song live in their career? Ballpark. What do you think? Jeez, how many shows have they done? I mean, I'd say, okay, ballpark. I'd probably say 60, 70, 60, 70, John, higher, lower. I'm going to go with maybe a couple of dozen. How about 270? Wow. Oh, really? They like doing this song. They did it as as late as uh, 2017. I was actually looking at some set lists from, from 2017, and, and they played this as part of the encore. So oh, wait, are, are you telling me, because now if they're still playing this song, and the 90s are classic songs and classic rock, mm-hmm. that we could, when they go to Vegas, get Aerosmith doing Mother Popcorn and Baby Got Back back to back? Quite possibly. I like your vision for that. I thought that's great. How do we how do we stump for this? Because I will fly to <laughs> Vegas just and just go for the encore, like show up for the encore where they play this and leave and be like, thank you. <laughs> 2017, their encore was Dream On and then Mother Popcorn and then Walk This Way. Uh, that's a hell of an encore. Wow. Not a bad way to end a show. They got it wrong. They need to do Baby Got Back, Mother <laughs> Popcorn, and Rump Shaker. And then oh, Big Bottom. Nice. I love it. How about Big Bottom from Spinal Tap? Can they fit that one in? Nice. The looser hey, the waistband, more... the deeper the quicksand. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> one more thing to interject, too. Uh, we were talking about how great Steven Tyler still is. This popped into my head. I saw Steven Tyler's solo show. He played the Calgary Stampede about three, four years ago. Oh, yeah. And I was jammed into the Cowboys stand. Very uncomfortable experience because you couldn't even move to go have a beer or piss in there. But mm-hmm. it, it was worth it to wait it out because Steven Tyler was incredible and the voice was still was there. And, ah, it was an, it was an amazing night. Well, and currently as we record this, he's uh, you know, getting uh, treatment uh, to keep battling right. those demons, but uh, we're supposed to be hitting the road again in September and uh, doing some more uh, Vegas residency shows. So hopefully uh, Steven can get uh, everything back together and get back to doing mother popcorn as part of the encore. Cause that'd be oh, phenomenal. Yeah. I was loath to cut it off because that was so amazing, but I just had to say, beautiful cowbell, Mr. Kramer. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that as a drummer. Like, whenever they break out the cowbell, that, that's that's good stuff. Yeah, and he's got a little. He's he's not just doing the straight click either. He's got he's got like some some style on that thing. Yeah, some stank on it. Yeah, <laughs> we even got some drumming stank on this one, John. You're dripping <laughs> in stank this week. Dude, 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 this this song drips in stank. This might be the stankiest song that Aerosmith has ever recorded. And that's no small feat. No. I, I thought that when I was listening to it, the, when I first was given that deep dive listen, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. This is incredible. 
but we still got I a think minute probably to go. too much, but anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we, we, we need to have Heath back because he brings the stank. That's right. Yeah, We were missing some stank lately, John. It's back in full force here for this one. Well, we oh, missed oh, the stank because somebody decided to, to, to get, I, 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 don't, I don't want to even mention the name of the song last <laughs> week. And, <laughs> you know, God, I, I, Heath, you missed it, but I was praying for an asteroid to hit Earth while we were recording. <laughs> I would be too. Yeah. Mother Popcorn by Aerosmith. We'll cut it off before Draw the Line kicks in there. Keith, hell of a pick, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. That, how hot was that? Oh, man. So so I'm not ready to say that Steven Tyler is better than James Brown. Yeah, I, I, I got to back. I got to back. back that but, but, but Heath, could you imagine if James Brown was on the stage with Steven while he was doing that outro, how hot that would have been with the two of them vocally dancing around each other? That's like one of those dream things. Do you, would you imagine that? Right. Would be, that would be killer. Yeah. Right. Right. Like to me, I care less so on who's better, knowing that that could exist. Right. E- even even to pair with Corey's other podcast and get Diamond Dave because it would have been of the same era. Diamond Dave of this era and Stephen of this era singing this track, just even the outro part together would be wild. It would have been cool. Absolutely. All right, gentlemen. Uh, I dare say we all enjoyed the song. I imagine if we uh, actually asked Steven Tyler uh, what he thought of Mother Popcorn, he would say, Outstanding. (laughs) So we got a bit of business to take care of because we got a mixtape that we're populating right now with Aerosmith songs. We have 18 tracks on that mixtape right now. And the question is, does Mother Popcorn deserve a spot on it? And if so, what the hell are we taking off? 
I think that track is better than about half the songs that we have on the mixtape right now, Corey. Well, it's certainly the stankiest. Are you Tony's stank? <laughs> and put some stank on it. There we so, go. We got to put some stank on it, I think. I'm not going to put any pressure on Heath, but as a guest and as a listener, Heath, is there anything in particular that sticks out to you of like, I kind of want to kick that off the mixtape. And if not, Corey and I will hash it out and figure it out. But I'm going to give you first crack at it because Thank you. You're, you're, you're taking a look at it. And look, we, we, we care about our listeners and we care about you. So if there's something you want to boot off this thing, by all means, I'm giving you unlimited power right now. I, also, I, I, I reserve the right to overrule you. But <laughs> okay, okay. I it's it's a it's a pretty good list you guys go have going on here. Um I but yeah, I definitely think Mother Popcorn should be on there. I'm glad Chip Away at the Stone is on there. Um I would kick off I don't know bone to bone. Is that like off the brand new album or no? That's uh Night in the Ruts. That's a bone to bone Coney Island oh. Whitefish Boy. I don't even know that song, but uh looking look at so I might kick off that, but I've never heard it, so that's probably not fair. I'd kick off Shut Up and Dance. Interesting. I know that was a big favorite of both John and I from Get a Grip. Uh, so he's nominating Shut Up and Dance. So, 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 so it sounds like it's either the condom song or the Shut Up and Dance song. Because a Coney Island Wage Fish Boy is a used condom, Heath. Yeah. <laughs> is that right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the other one that, I, that occurred to me is, uh, and I love the song actually, The Permanent Vacation. Uh, I think when, when you guys did the episode, I think somebody said it's like they're... Uh, it's it's kind of got that i don't know it's like I, I can't remember what you you guys said but there was a cheesy aspect to it so i might kick off permanent vacation as well when i when you guys were doing it i was yelling i was talking to the, i was talking to you when I, while i was listening and i think it's aerosmith's version of uh kokomo you yeah. know the beach boys kokomo or maybe that was said i don't know but that's that and so yeah that's another one that could go for me permanent vacation i love it it's a cool tune but not nearly as cool as mother pop gun so 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 Corey, I'm you know, it sounds like Heath's first choice though is shut up and dance. So I'm gonna give you every chance you can to fight for that right now. Because I'm ready to kick it off, dude. You're ready. see, you're so old, you don't remember 30 some uh, shows ago when we did shut up and dance. You thought well, this is gonna make it to the end. That was like your favorite track from the 90s I, Aerosmith. I I mean it's it's 37 weeks later or whatever, so 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 it's a, a long time. I have another song I want to nominate. Everybody can kind of kick around here. Sick as a dog. It's a cover, right? If we're going to replace a cover with a cover, I'm cool with that. And I think Mother Popcorn certainly has more stank than Sick as a Dog. I love that song. Uh, it's got a great uh, groove to it. Uh, but I, I, I can see it being replaced by Mother Popcorn. I'm, I'm going to side with our guest here and go, it's got to be one of the three nominees. Ask Kisser. Uh, I, I, I'm a panderer. It's a, we like to be called panderers. <clears throat> I got to say, and I, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. There's others. I'm looking at others that I would kick, I could kick off, but I'm, I'm biased because I, not that I don't like, you know, sort of the, the nineties Aerosmith. I do like the nineties Aerosmith, but the seventies stuff, it, it doesn't, hold, the nineties stuff doesn't hold a candle to the seventies for me for the most part. So I see other stuff that could, it could be disposable here too. So, well, so I'd be so, cool with bone to bone. I'd be cool with permanent vacation and I'd be cool with sick as a dog. All right, so so it sounds like we've narrowed it down to two. Please not sick as a dog. I love sick as a dog. <laughs> I love it too. It's a tough one. So, 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 
so 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 we've narrowed it down to two. And being that Heath hasn't heard the condom song yet, I'm gonna side with him wanting to boot off a new agier type of song and vote against permanent vacation and say it's the vacation's over. And cool tune, but like you said, it's it's a little kitschy. The Kokomo comparison I thought was excellent because it's very much like Kokomo. Yeah. Uh, cool tune. Um, but not really indicative of the band ultimately, whereas Mother Popcorn, I think more is. If I was making a mixtape of Aerosmith, I would put Mother Popcorn on instead of Permanent Vacation. So if you're cool with that, Heath, that's what we're gonna be doing here. I'm cool with that. I'm so I'm I'm pumped to be a part of this. It's awesome. <laughs> there you have it. So I'm just gonna run down the list for the folks at home here. Uh currently we have a sweet emotion, but it's the a little south of sanity live version. Um, that one's actually kind of tenuous. That might get replaced by a different version at some point. Uh, but sweet emotions on there, shut up and dance. Let the music do the talking. No more, no more. Chip away the stone. Nobody's fault. The other side. Bone to bone. Coney Island Whitefish Boy. Rats in the cellar. <laughs> and now Mother Popcorn added this week. Uh, Janie's got a gun. Move it out. Girl keeps coming apart. Seasons of wither. Crazy. Sick as a dog. Eat the rich and mama kin. And going through that list, like we got girl keeps coming apart. Uh, very similar to permanent vacation in a lot of ways with a better horn section. So I'm really cool with that one staying on for now and permanent vacation going off. Awesome. I was glad I was glad I was able to be a part of this. <laughs> and, and, and look, that's part of our goal here. So, so Heath, now, now that you've been on the show and you know the pressure that comes with being on the show, it gets harder. So when you come back, there's going to be better songs on here inevitably. Right? Yeah. And I can't, I can't make the promise for you that no 90s songs, because since it is an ultimate Aerosmith mixtape, we do need, if we're introducing somebody and going, this is the definitive Aerosmith mixtape, you want to represent all eras of the band. Yeah. So unfortunately, or fortunately, like some newer stuff, you know, lots of older stuff, it doesn't necessarily need to be 50-50, but it needs to be representative. So, so. I would agree. Right. I mean, the other side, uh, uh, Jaded, I think is an amazing song. Like, yeah. I can see Jaded yeah. having a good long life on this list. I love that song. Yeah, yeah. me too. So, so, so. It, it, it'll be interesting to see how it shakes out. The pressure's on, though, because there's like, w w Corey, w how many songs are there in the catalog? It was almost 400. Yeah, so, and, and we're narrowing it down to 18. <laughs> You've given yourself quite the task. I, yeah, it's almost hard to fathom. <laughs> it's not just studio cuts. We're doing live cuts, too. That's why. So we put Sweet Emotion on from a little self of sanity, but we still have Sweet Emotion from Pandora's Box, the remix. We still have the original Sweet Emotion. We have from... Uh, classics live like uh, there's tons of versions out there cool all right with that let's wrap it up boys heath where can the folks find you online uh i i'm not i don't have a huge presence i, I i'm surprised you couldn't get pain and passion actually uh, in canada because on you know, amazon.ca should have it and that, I mean, that's where i went through but they said uh sold out and oh America. they're sold out yeah i mean i you know this is a book i wrote in 2005 and then the the uh the new version came out in 2007 and you know, I, I don't think I'm going to get rich off it, but it still it still sells. It still sells a lot. It sells in sells in Europe. It sells in America, and it sells in in Canada. So uh, yeah, I love I love that it was sold out in Canada. Great, yeah, that's the best place to get it. I think Amazon, mm -hmm. um, and then the uh, ECW Press. My my, they also sell it too. So okay, yeah, and you're going to be selling. I, Van, I, I'm, I'm on Twitter at Van Heathen. Uh, yeah, perfect, Johnny. I started up. Uh, 
new podcast with my buddy Corey Morissette called Backtracks um, Theme Music. Oh, right. um, we, we, we are listening to songs from movies and comparing it or talking about the movie, the scene maybe it's played in, um, giving it some context, talking about the artist and the song. So it's a good place to talk about um, movies and music. So you can find find me over there. Um, you can also find me on my Twitter handle, just just my, my, my name, John Mariano NY on Twitter. Um, if you want to hear um, an angry single dad who just hates people, like by all means, say hi. It's a good follow. <laughs> And you can follow the show at BT Aerosmith. You can follow uh, Backtracks Theme Music as well at uh, BT Theme Music. Aerosmith uh, has some uh, soundtrack songs, first from uh, Wayne's World 2 and others. So we have to break up the live version of Dude Looks Like a Lady for the theme music show. What do you say, John? Um, sure. Would you include, would you include, um, uh, they had a version, I think it's their version of, uh, I think it's their version of Come Together and it's on that awful Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band album mm -hmm. that um, that Peter Frampton and the Bee Gees did together. Yeah. Would that be included? Would that be something? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, we could bring so, so as long as Aerosmith put it out, we count it. So unfortunately, like the Run DMC version of Walk This Way doesn't qualify because it All wasn't right. an Aerosmith re release. It was an, a Run DMC release. Yeah. No, right, but, but come together thing. I was thinking about your show, the uh, the, the soundtrack show, right? Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. No, no, it would be a hundred percent eligible if if it's a song that's played in a movie, right? It doesn't even have to be on the soundtrack of anything. Like it could be in the background of a scene, um, by all means, and it could be a TV show too. Like if there's yeah. a song, you know, I can tell you right now. Like there's a song I love from Family Ties when when a a Alex breaks up with uh, his girlfriend Ellen. And um, we're gonna, it's um, called At This Moment um, by B Billy Vera. And we're going to cover, co cover that at some point on that show because it's one of those songs like from my childhood that informed my musical taste. I I'm enjoying that show, by the way. I've only listened to one episode, but I thought yeah, I'm going to listen to more. It's cool. Thank yep. you. Thank you very much. And actually, I'm just revisiting our old dice because we haven't looked at that one in a while, John, because we had the three shows with uh, Jeff and then the show with Heath. And we still have theme from Spider-Man on there from uh, from 2000. So, yeah, yeah, so. no, no I, I mean, I mean, we'll get back to our die soon enough. Um, you, you know, we we've we've had a bunch of wonderful guests lately, but we'll get back to boring old me, me and Corey soon. Now you guys do a great job. No, we're going to have Heath back on the show. We don't want to burn him out so quick right now because we got like 350 of these suckers left to go. So we'll bring you back around show 60. How about that, Heath? Sounds good. I would love to come back on. I don't like commitments. Can we just bring it back when we feel like it? I guess so. Yeah, so you can come back sooner if you want. What are you doing? Awesome. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> All right. On behalf of Heath McCoy and John Mariano, my name is Corey Morissette. And as always, let's give the final word to Steven Tyler. So